Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode 205. What? I'm Chris and joining me as usual are... Ames. Caitlin. And me, Jake. That one. That Jake. And today we are looking at Children of Time and Blaze of Glory. the good week after the crap from last week god damn it <laughs> i have literally already forgotten what last week was uh, there was a stupid ferengi thing okay yep and, and there was a stupid klingon thing the klingon thing was fine Jesus. I got, I, yeah we talked about it last week i got very distracted i remember well still forgetting what the klingon you. thing was it was um the, martok gets his groove back yeah oh yeah, it was all but right not his eye and of course, I was, you know, me. No, I his eye's gone. Anyone. It's never coming back. There is a decided lack of, there is basically at most a cameo Ferengi this week and some Klingons. So, you know. First up in Children of Time, the Defiant is coming back from a week long scouting mission in the. <coughs> oh, <fuck>. God! <laughs> First up in Children of Time, the Defiant is coming back from a week long scouting mission of the Delta. No, Gamma Quadrant, damn it. Ma- not doing another take. And, uh, you <laughs> know, you they're have, all... Now you have to keep all that. <laughs> shit. They're going back to DS9, and they're all talking about, oh, man, I can't wait to, like, get a nice bath. I can't wait to jerk off in my own bed, etc. <laughs> but then Gross while they're all... In a bed? They need to sleep in it. That's horrible. And they're, uh, you know, but while they're on their way, Jadzia notices a planet with some wibbly-wobbly bullshit wibbly-wobbling around it. And she's like, Ben, I want to look at it. And Ben is like, ugh, fine. And they go to look at it, and then everything goes wrong. Kira gets zapped and Xeroxed. And they're like, well, we're going to just kind of chill out in orbit here while we try to get things fixed. But it's like, hey, we're getting hailed. And there's, like, settlements and, like, 8,000 people. And they turn on the screen, and people are like, hi, Ben, good to see you. Come on down for some coffee and a guilt trip. Oh, wait, you're trying to drink less Ractagino, aren't you? Yes. So uh, they beam down, and it turns out that in two days or something, when the Defiant goes to leave, it is going to bounce off a temporal doodly what's-it, crash into the planet 200 years in the past, and thus establish this little colony here. You know, there, there's, uh, there's a new Dax who explains all this. Uh, we meet a bunch of O'Briens, and we oh, are told... With the potato-shaped heads, too. Yep, we are told there are apparently, you know, of the 8,000 inhabitants, 7,000 are descended from Bashir. <laughs> um, this is a real Genghis Khan. Yep, yep. And, you know, they're like, but don't worry, Ben. We know how to keep our timeline intact and let you go home. If you bounce off the temporal hoodily, what's it this way... The Defiant will duplicate, just like Kira did for a second. One will crash and one will go home. Two Rikers, Uh, two bridges. Yes. Oh, and P.S. The Kira that stays on the planet dies because her brain melts. Aw. You know, during all this, Odo is in a bucket because something about the energy around the planet means he can't hold his form. But then, oh shit, 200 years later, Odo shows up and is like, Ah, Kira, I learned to hold my form better and I'm slightly better at faces. P.S. The asshole in the bucket really wants to pork you, but won't say. I mean, he does too. Yeah. I feel like 
you delegitimize his love by being so crass about it. He's like, I loved you I mean, for he did 200 a, he, years. Okay, he okay. did it. He loved her so much he did a genocide. Like, right, but also, <laughs> you, wow. one half of the fisting duo, doesn't get to call me out on crassness. Fair. Moving forward. So yes, doing a genocide, what do you mean, Jake? Well, what Jake means is, they realize new Dax was lying, and there was no way to duplicate the Defiant, and he was basically going to make them crash. Of course, they wouldn't have been the wiser, because they would have assumed a version of them was out there somewhere. Mm. Uh, but luckily, earlier Dax figures it out, and they confront new Dax, and he's like, I've been feeling guilty for 200 years! Also, 8,000 lives versus 48 Vulcan shit. And, uh... Jesus, also, they said 8,000 lives so many times, it felt like a fucking... Like, a really lame, like, Columbo villain trying to establish a fucking alibi. True. What time is it? 8,000 people. <laughs> what time is it? 8,000 people. Or what? About what time did I ask you about the time? 8,000 people? Mm. Yeah. Well. So, you know, they're like, look, we're sorry, but, like, we have lives and we're going to live them. And, uh, you know, T.S., but then they spend some time with the colonists and start to feel bad. And Kira's like, I believe I should only have one destiny. And apparently I've decided I'm supposed to be dead here. And uh, the last holdout is O'Brien. And even he stupidly gives in. Uh, because the girl's name was Molly and no other reason. Pretty much. That's literally um, it. Oh, yeah. And there's some, like, Klingon cosplayers who eventually do some gardening and uh, the crew was like, you know what? Yeah, we're going to we're going to have the accident. We're going to, you know, since we know it's coming, though, we'll, we'll record some logs and shoot them out of a probe to tell our families that we're abandoning them for this bullshit. But then as they are heading for the temporal hoodly, what's it? You know, they're all programmed in. The ship suddenly veers off course and everyone's like, what happened? And they assume that it was uh, Dax. Yeah, new Dax who did it out of a last minute feeling of like, actually wait. But it turns out it was Oldo and his boner. Oldo. Who mm. uh, broke into the system and was like, fuck this noise. I love Kira. And apparently went off and, and linked with himself, which is weird. Mas masturbation. Yeah. And uh, was like, hey, young doe, it's Oldo. How, how you doing? Um, I just killed 8,000 people for Kira. Ciao. Okay, but it's no. I, well, we'll discuss. It wasn't even that, though. It wasn't even... He he told Youngdo that he wanted Kira to know. Like, he True. thought that she would be impressed. Odo doesn't mm. get love. He doesn't no. under... Even after 200 more years, he still has no idea what love is. Yeah. Mm. I, yeah. I want to know what love is. Do you? I want you to tell me. Nope. Thank you. I couldn't what think of the next line. So yeah, that's the episode in a nutshell. Yeah, uh, and the and the the Oldo plot is kind of like where this whole idea came from because like the writers, you know, ever since fucking the collaborator when they saw that glimmer in like Od Odo's eyes, like kind of like Kira, don't I? Yes. Oh, but this is complicated. Hmm. Hmm. They decided, and I have a quote in my book here. I'll read. I'll just read the quote in my book about the moment in the collaborator. At that moment, you realize that Odo's in love with Kira, and I thought. But we have no idea how old Odo is, so if he's in his early development, it might be a long time before he can admit to those kinds of feelings. So I wondered, how can I get an older Odo into a story? And the answer was time travel. 
Which is hmm. a little bit strange because obviously, like, you can't really look at Odo like the same kind of thing that you, the same kind of process you'd have for a, a humanoid thing developing feelings of love because he's such mm. a different thing. Yeah. Like, I totally believe Odo in his present state can experience and and grow to understand some semblance of love and do it in a very beautiful and nice way. Yeah. I feel like there's a butt there. Is there a butt? I don't know if there's a butt. <laughs> He'll have a butt if he wants to have a butt. True. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, his new look was good. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't care for the hair. Well, he's making it look more natural. Impressive. Yeah, I know. I just didn't like it. But I did love seeing more of his face Mm. and having it be like showing that he has improved with time. Yeah. And there's still some prosthetics there. So he's still, you know, recognizably Odo. Apparently they reused the face that they gave him when he was Kurzodo and then made uh, some, ult- some adjustments. I kind of wondered if that was the case because I was getting big Kurzon energy from the look. <laughs> it is, I mean, it, it is an interesting sort of idea, like the whole concept of knowing, you know, you have this bizarre choice to make. And it's like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, I guess if, if, if it was real, it would be a tough thing. Like my initial instinct, of course, is just like, yeah, no, fuck these people. Because I'm a selfish prick, but I don't know if I could actually like look them in the eyes and tell them that. Yeah, especially when so many of them look like you and have your name. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the moment that you know it sort of turns is when O'Brien is talking to little Molly, and she's like, "Oh, am I? Can I meet your daughter, Molly?" And O'Brien's like, uh, "Maybe." Um, <laughs> and like. He's like, All I can think of is like, and that's like the, that's the moment when it turned in his head, and and, and I am the only reason I could imagine that happening is because he she reminded him that he's gonna have to go back to Keiko. Uh, <laughs> nice. I actually made a well similar done. joke while we were watching it. I was like, "Wow, he's the only one married to Keiko, and yet he's the only one who wants to go back." <laughs> what the fuck. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I'm with I'm with the chief. It's like I don't want to purposely crash and live this shitty agrarian life? Well, o- O'Brien says this thing that's kind of very typically O'Brien. Like, sometimes it's very hard for me to like O'Brien because he wears his I'm kind of racist and does, don't care for people who aren't me on his sleeve. When he says, like, these people will die, but I don't know these people, so fuck it. Jesus, Miles. But what they're the not, fuck? But they're not really dying. I mean... That's like, that's the issue I take with this whole episode. No one's dying. It's not like they have to shoot every one of them in the face and then leave. I mean, they just might. cease being. It doesn't mean that they're dead. They never existed. Is that worse? That's the, that's kind of the equivalent to death. I don't, no, it's not, such, not it's such really. An interesting in my idea. Opinion, it sort of isn't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the quandary of this episode, is it makes you think of these things that are, like, such deep sci-fi, like, such a good, like, way to do a time travel episode, because we've had some fucking clunkers. Mm. And, in fact, you know, this episode uh, was pitched in, like, season three, but they were like, we're doing so much, so much time travel already, not fucking now. Um, Yeah, it's nice to have, like, a good good time travel self-contained. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a terrific episode, but it is not one with easy... Easy answers, and that's that. What that's what makes good sci-fi. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, you really have to like think about all the different elements, of which there are very, very many. Yeah. Like I do love seeing two hundred years 
added Odo and seeing what his experience is because they they cut a whole bunch of Odo scenes evidently, which is kind of a shame of him saying like what a waste. I know. They had that, you mean we had to watch that fucking bullshit in the fields with O'Brien and Molly, <laughs> but we lost Odo. Fuck that. Yeah, that makes, I know. Like, I remember even remarking because like oh yeah, they were doing so much the planting, planting montage. So much was so long. Yeah, I literally true. said, did this episode run short? He did this say monta- that. Like, other than that, I loved the episode, but I, it really did feel like the... Like, I get showing some of it because it's necessary, but some of it also felt like padding. A little bit. I'd agree with that. Like, I loved watching, like, the first, like, moment of the planting and seeing, yeah. like, oh, man, there is some really great <laughs> symbolism here. Totally. Apparently, they originally went, went for it to be a harvest scene instead of a planting scene, but they also were filming in, I want to say, like, January, so there was mm. nothing to harvest. <laughs> so I they turned it into a planting scene, but it also like it's also like you know it's a new beginning. It's a like, yeah, it leaving actually works something better when you're dying. It's really cool. Yeah, no, it's but, yeah, it's, be- it's better symbolically. Yeah, than a harvest. Long. Too long, and it meant we didn't yeah. get to see more Odo telling us like you know in two hundred years these are the experiences I've had. I've watched all my friends die except yeah. kind of sort of Dax. Yeah, I was thinking that at one point, like, you don't really see Dax and him interact at all, which is funny, because they're the only two who are, have been there since the offing. You don't see him interact with anyone. With a sense. I don't know. No, that's true. uh, Oldo interacts with anyone but Kira, does he? I'm guessing, though, that, like, that he's some kind of a recluse, that he just, like, Mm, separates himself from from the crowd and only shows up because... The others, you know, he knew that this was the day that they were going to be there. Yeah, they established that. They would have established that in the cutscenes that he just lives on his own because he watched all his friends die. Yeah. See, that would have been nice to know. Yeah, that would have been good. I mean, I I I got that impression from how he was introduced. You know, we see every, we see all the other settlers and then, you know, Odo doesn't show up until a little later. Yeah. He only shows up to talk to Kira. Yeah. And he's not planting either. Fucking, I don't know, cut them math class scene even though virtual quark the math teacher is funny oh i did like that I that was a good that a lot yeah and i love that jenzia specifically programmed it to be like you know what we have this footage of quark and i guess we kind of miss quark right it'd be nice to see his face yeah but imagine yeah. like what the people on this planet you know must think like what the fuck is that? Why? What's wrong with his head? Yeah, because they don't know anything other than... Why are his ears so large? Humans, well, Klingons, and Trill, right? Yeah, and I, I had a thought on the Klingons, too. So you notice that I don't know if any of the Klingons, the, the, the sons of Moog, are actual descendants of Worf. I think yeah. one is. I think well, Torvin the main, is. The main guy the guy who looks guy, like he got some ridges. So there was a guy who had like lumps on his forehead. Yeah, that but they look like less like ridges and more like um, we haven't gotten to her yet. But the weird bumps Naomi Wildman has. Yeah, in that's Voyager. what I was thinking. Well, how but many? The, okay, here's my question: How many generations have we had where we've been breeding these people together? Well, so that's the other thing too. So okay, first of all, some of these I want to see some Punnett squares with fucking head ridges because mm. all of the you know, with the possible exception of that one guy, shouldn't, presumably, I mean, unless Worf died and, like, Jadzia remarried, none of the Trill that we see look remotely Klingon. Mm-hmm. True. So, or maybe, the other thing, too, is, though, they had to be fucking, like, fucking rabbits on this planet mm. to get up to 8,000. What did they say? They started with 48? Yep. Yeah. Maybe and they're up to 8,000. 
So I, well, I, yeah, as I said, seven thousand are descended directly from Julian. That's exactly, true. that explains it. See, every like time that... you start that joke, I expect it to end with O'Brien because he's Irish. Ah, <laughs> you know. And they're all named Molly. All of them. And they all look like hobbits. God, yeah. Julian was weird, though, wasn't he? Like, I got, I kept getting the impression that he wanted to fuck all his descendants. Kinda. And it's like, I mean, oh, at that this, point, I mean, you probably can. Mm. You probably can at that point. There's, there's, it's so distant. Yeah, it's still like, yeah, it's Ju- it's a Julian. Well, it's bullshit. the next best thing to fucking his grandmother or yep. whatever. So we already know this is his kink is like fucking his family members. Oh, he's the so. weirdest man. But maybe it isn't family members. Maybe it's all some sort of narcissism. Like he really wants to just be able to fuck himself. But these are the next best thing. That sounds right. Somehow. You think he um, kept a copy of the LMH? Yes. I wonder Ooh. if his gene editing was germline or not. I was kind of wondering that myself. Like, because because that, that cause, mean? So you can so there's two types of gene editing that you can do. You can either there's germline gene editing where you basically are editing the DNA that's in the reproductive system so that your um you know whatever those edits are will carry into the next generation. But then there's also just like editing the gen the DNA of a person like with DNA, with with gene therapy and then it doesn't affect future generations. Oh, so that is interesting. Presumably, the gene editing that he had was not germline because that's much more like that's much more frowned upon uh at least today uh than than germline editing. Hmm. Uh, but than, yeah, no, depending on how it was done, his descendants could be they're morons. Know. Huh? They're just morons. They're idiots. Well, no, if if they hadn't though like if it was, he may have passed on his um Super genes. That's true. Um, so that's a, that's an interesting question yeah. for future debate. Um, but yeah, so About no, I actually the... went online. I went and found a uh, population growth calculator, and oh, I oh, did I don't, you? Yeah, I don't know if this is true because uh, the growth rate of that population over two hundred years to go from forty eight to eight thousand would be like two and a half percent per year, which is much higher than really the highest growth rate on earth ever wow on earth yeah wow like the high Even after I, the, like a I, war I mean the one something. source i found said that the growth rate was highest between the 50s through uh until the 70s yeah the baby boom yeah and at that point it got up to like 2.1 percent in the late 60s wow huh. but um but yeah, two point five percent over two hundred years is uh the other impressive. thing about the generation stuff that bugged me was like, oh, this is your great 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 great. It's like it's only been two hundred years. Calm down. Like you yeah. didn't need that many greats. Well, and especially if people are living like a hundred and twenty plus years. Well, too. they don't have access to their crazy future medicine, so their life expectancy may have dropped to more reasonable but it's levels. Probably, but that's that could also contribute to the growth rate. Is if the mm. the the fertility rate, you know, people remain fertile longer. Hmm. Maybe that thing. We don't know exactly how long they're living now, or their fertility rate, or this or that. But still, it still seems like they had too many greats tacked onto some of these names. Mm. Maybe well, like it was say, just a Irish. joke. Mm. Back to the House of Moog stuff. Though. Yeah, sorry. yeah, they weren't all actually biologically Klingon. Correct. Right. That's what we're right. saying. We're wondering. Okay. We're yeah. I thought, I thought maybe all. the main, like the guy that was kind of the main one, might be because he just looked like a TOS Klingon to me. Yeah, he, <laughs> and he kind of had like Worf's hair and beard thing going on. Well, mm. hair and beard are things you can control. That is true. 
Uh, yeah, we I didn't see think little the, the lady didn't look particularly Klingon. No, no, was... she looked like she was completely human. And yeah. and I don't think Gabriel is no. a Klingon, and it's because it sounds like you can just choose to become Klingon at yeah, some it's age. It's like being a Mandalorian. Hmm. Yeah. It's a creed, not a race. I noticed yeah. that one of the animals that they referred to, uh, one of their hunts was for a yar bear, and I couldn't help but wonder if that was named after Tasha Yar. Oh, <laughs> probably <laughs> not. None. Of, oh, <coughs> only Worf. Well, yeah, that's a yeah. Worf, say Worf. New, if new Worf yar. is like, hmm, there's a cool bear I can fight. I'm gonna name it after my old boss. Okay, I like that. Uh, yeah, I enjoy that. Let's go with that. I hadn't even thought of it. Neither did I, but I like it. Yeah, that does that does make you wonder because they did establish that Worf and Jedzia did get married on the planet, mm-hmm. but then, like you said, Jake Ames, one of you said it, like the trill we see don't seem to have any Klingon in them, and they and they all and the spots are very clear, even on you know, so Yedrin has very clear spots. We see a, a young girl clear. with clear with clear spots. Well, they are like definitely like they're there, but they're also like different from hers. Like they do seem like they're fewer. Yeah, they're trying to imply like that more dispersed. Yeah. But then like, so at what point did Worf go off and say, fuck it, I'm going to start my weird little church of cling. Maybe when Jedzia became whomever came after Jedzia. Oh, maybe because Klingons, we know tend to live even longer. So like you figure even without access to, 24th century medicine, even just naturally, he's going to outlive most of the human Well, rights. unless he gets maimed by a Yar Bear, in True. which case. Well, and one of Jedzia's kids must have taken, like, it must have been passed on to all the kids, right? Yeah, unless the there symbiote? was other trill on but, Defiant that just I guess that's joined. possible, because we, we don't see know. all 48. It's possible, but I doubt it. There, we don't even could... see the woman Miles apparently hooks up with. We never even see her. Mm. Rita Tannenbaum. Which, yeah. like, P.S., I love how fucking defensive he was about it. Yeah. Like, you know he secretly already kind of wanks to her? No. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. No, he absolutely does. No, he does not. I can't imagine him being so defensive if not. It just feels like he got caught in, like, a dirty secret. You know, well, what, he does? Think... You know what he does when he's when he's wanking to her? He goes, oh, Tannenbaum. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Jake. That's, uh... <laughs> I want to hate that joke, but I kind of like it. Like you're the worst, and I love you. Um, but it does. It did seem though when they said like that he was the last holdout. That seemed like correct. You know, like he's a he would definitely be brat. Yeah, I don't know. But I could also see him like he has you know some old fashioned ideas, and I feel like in his mind, even though there's no hope of getting home, he would still feel like. Moving to, on yeah, you with to, his life would be disloyal. You also, if you're deciding, like, we're going to establish a population here that is meant to last, we need more people in the gene pool. Mm. Even if that means we're all going to have potato heads. Mm. I wonder what the gender breakdown of the crew of the Defiant is. I would mm. guess close to 50-50. Presumably. I feel like they do a pretty good job of that. Man, and uh, just more proof that I don't even think it's it's Cisco at this point. I think just Avery Brooks loves babies. He does. He really yeah. does. Because he's got that scene with that kid, and I that 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 was not acting. That man just loves babies. It was cute. I love that. I love that Cisco loves babies. What did sort of work out really well, and you know it wasn't planned because you can't tell babies what to do. There is the scene where he's on comms with somebody, and the baby just happens to look up. 
And uh, Brooks ran with it and looked up with him like, yeah, ship up there. Mm. And I was like, that's a good that's a good ad lib, Avery. Yes. Stupid baby. Tricks Aww, are for really kids. Cute baby. Miles got in a pretty good dig at Worf in one scene when, you know, when they were having the. Yes, I and forgot. Like, and, you know, Worf was like. I can't I can't remember what was said, but at one point, Worf, O'Brien was like, it's easy for you to say you never even see your son. You did. Yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> you it's just like, shipped your son off to Earth, you piece of shit. The show like, knows. The show knows what a bad dad Worf is. But but yep. it's so nice to hear it kind of finally sort of acknowledged in canon. Mm. And Worf didn't even, like, take umbrage with it. He was just like, nope. yeah. He's like yeah, that's fair, no, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're yeah. right. By yep. design, I never see that little fuck. He's a better <laughs> dad to all these fake Klingons on Gaia than to his own child. Well, that's yep. because they've made him proud. Yeah, Alexander never has. <laughs> I killed a yard bear. Disappointment. <laughs> I kind of wanted them to have more of something to do. Mm. I mean, the, denying them a warrior's death was interesting, but it lasted a half a second. Yeah. But yeah, also, like, I, there was I, a lot going on this episode. I don't know how much more you would you would even want to add. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming though that off screen he actually did go through with it. No, um, we see them later. I know, but he told them that he would do he would do it if they came to him the following day. Well, he so came, I'm guessing they came between to him the time they, they did harvested. the planting and when the ship left, he killed all three of them. Oh, okay, well, they fine. defeated the enemy that was time. I like that. Was that. Lame. that was pretty lame. That was pretty lame for Worf, though. No, I, I like, liked it. But he's such a by the book Klingon that I wouldn't expect him to be like, I'm going to make up this bullshit. Plus. He always wants to murder eight people for honor. I can't That's imagine true. He, he tried to murder Kern. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just do the same thing you did for your brother to these people who are also like your family. Yeah, yeah but I guess he probably wouldn't because they assumed that they weren't going to die at that point because they, they had changed the plan to... Oh, that's a good point. That's true. That's very true. To actually crash. True. Uh, Basically, So, yeah, so they did said, not get I'll, the I'll warrior die. deaths that they wanted. Yeah, a lot of pressure to put on Kira, though. Her scene over mm. her own grave was interesting. Yeah. Because how many Prof people get to do that? Prophets must be really confused. <laughs> prophets don't give a fuck. Yeah. They also yeah. don't understand linear time. I was going to say, the Prophets yeah. would be totally fine with this. They'd be like, okay, Kira's here, and now she's over here. Okay, fine. Yeah, done. No problem. Check. Wasn't it, uh, isn't it, it was this episode, too, that O'Brien was like, I don't believe in your fucking Prophets, yes. Kira. Yep. Yeah. Good I mean, however, this well, would have been. Good for him. Ex oh, good, good, Jake. I was just saying, this would have been a huge problem for the prophets losing uh, the, oh, emissary, the emissary. That's true. Know? What were you gonna say? Just that O'Brien's an idiot to not believe in the prophets when there's literal proof that they exist. Well, I mean, obviously they exist, but I think what he's just saying is he doesn't still believe they're gods. You know, right. he just knows they're super powerful aliens. Which he's met Q. This is normal for him. I guess. Yeah, I mean, you look at the prophets and you know what the, like, you can see they are, al they're just aliens. They're not gods. Everything that they've been sending you has a reasonable, uh, like, reason why it's happening. Whilst all the Bajorans are like, but they're god. And I mean, you could see why people would think they're gods. He just chooses, like, yeah, it's like, no, no, I've met this fucker and Nagilam and Q and fucking, you ever read about Trelane? <laughs> Magic aliens are a dime a fucking dozen. In Greece, they believed in Apollo, and they were just aliens. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Kira, we also know that she and Shakar broke up. 
yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically because they asked a fortune teller. Now that was stupid, but also very in line with Bajoran faith. Yeah, well, and, and also because the writers, too, also because the writers had run out of things to do with him, and they realized this is more work than it's worth. No, also, if they're going to try to to do a Odo Kira thing, then it, you know they kind of need to get Shakar out of the way. Oh, but they didn't want to. They were not at all interested in doing an Odo Kira thing. And this the writer who, you know, but had been hanging on to this idea since the collaborator in season two brings it to them. And Ron Moore's like, we're, this is, you know, this is a great idea and all, but, you know, we're not going to run with the Kira romance thing because we're not interested in that. But we'll give you a chance anyway. And then they read it and they liked it and all this stuff. But apparently both um, the Na Visitor and Rene Auberginois weren't fans of the romance. Really? Yeah. They thought it would be more interesting just to remain friends. Disagree. Sorry, sorry, Nana, you're off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. Uh, well, especially like the foundations for any kind of relationship that are laid in this episode, I think are kind of shitty because Oldo lies to her. Mm. Um, well, not really lies, but genocides. Genocides, genocides for her. and you know, but it's uh, it's not. <laughs> but it it kind of is. I don't know. I don't believe it. He goes. He knows that she specifically wants to to go back in time and die. Like he knows that that's what she's chosen to do. So he selfishly changes changes things so that he can get 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 his his dick wet. Hopefully. I don't know if I agree with that assessment. He specifically goes situation. against what what she has said that she wants to do. I do like though that you know in that final scene. Odo is like super specific about separating himself from Oldo. Yeah. Like he did this. He did him, him. Yeah, like, whoa, yeah. whoa, ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh, what an <laughs> asshole that guy was, huh? What a prick. Did you see that I hair? Really want, you know that meme that's been going around with the Game of Thrones and like uh it's the the really old woman and it's like, you know, tell oh, yeah, tell yeah. Cersei I want her to know it was me. I definitely want like Oldo. A, an Oldo that's like tell Kira I want her to know it was me. <clears throat> Accurate. I have. Do you have any Photoshop skills, Jake? Uh, nope. Damn it. Uh, Liz well, is fucked with a little in the past. She might be able uh, to help. Oh yeah, him. I can ask Liz. Okay, good idea. But yeah, no, it's it's a really again aside from that slightly too long planting scene, a really good episode. This is one I actually remembered really mm. well going into it. Oh my god! There was a moment I didn't realize. I, I wrote down this note set because I liked it, and then I realized now, looking back at it, it's actually a microcosm for the whole fucking episode. Mm. Is that Miles is making a dollhouse for the 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 children things? I think it's Miles. I assume yeah. it's Miles. And he says, "Oh, but it's so hard getting the furniture right because you know you even with a micro lathe, it's hard to get the furniture to have the right details and rah rah." So I guess they're gonna have to rough it for a while, and that's exactly what happens on this planet. Yeah. Ah, should have brought his micro lathe. Hey. Or, I just know, liked that, that had detail. a fucking replicator, huh? Hmm? I said should have just used the fucking replicator to make, to make the, the furniture. furniture. The other problem really with this becomes like there's so much like say they had gone through with crashing successfully. There was so much predestination paradox involved at that point because they'd been told so much. Like, oh, yeah, you fuck this one and you fuck that one and this happens. And it's like, maybe you should have left the early days vague for them. Because if anything, you're like potentially making things worse by giving them that much detail. Hmm. 
Well, so speaking of the predestination paradox, is it possible that the fake plan, the Yedrin Dax plan, actually ended up somehow working and a version of the ship did crash? I mean, no, they scanned for life signs, didn't they? Yeah, but maybe you can't detect life signs from outside of the the energy field. Well, that's a good point because it Mm. is, there are weird properties to it. I mean, like maybe they only see, because it talks about how the ship would split into two quantum realities, one in the past and one in the present. So maybe you can't scan across those those realities. Maybe there is a, maybe it's more of a, maybe it's a forking of the timelines. Oh, the timelines are forked, all right. Yeah, I was about to say, like, you could maybe argue that, that there's a split timeline now and there is some reality reality where they all exist. I mean, you look at parallels, the Worf episode from TNG, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, just by virtue of them even being able to talk to them, you know, to interact with them means that they did exist, right? Well, that's, Caitlin, you had that, like, you're talking about how can they remember them at all, even. Hmm. I don't know, Kirk, Kirk remembers things from the Guardian of of Forever and all that shit. Yeah, but I expect more from newer Trek (laughs) in terms of, like, actually bearing out the science fiction properties and principles. I don't know. Wishes were horses. Yeah. With the Guardian, you also have the excuse of, like, maybe it makes it so you can remember because it's the Guardian, this inexplicable speaking of almost godlike technology thing. Well, yeah, the Guardian and, like, you know, from other Trek, we know that the Guardian is basically just magic, so. (laughs) Yeah. Um... But it does just feel like they shouldn't remember anything from it just because, like, they don't exist, so it shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, time has passed. If time, if they had just left and it all, you know, gone fine, they still have that two days where something happened. Yeah. Well, so here's, okay, so here's going to be, here's going to be my theory, right? Is that the, the, the Defiant actually did fully split when they went into the planet, when they went to the planet. Mm. Like, Kira, we saw her split. Yeah. But I'm going to say that the def- the whole Defiance split. One of mm. the Defiance crash-landed 200 years in the past, and the other Defiant... Or I guess, no, that wouldn't work. Yeah, one Defiant went to a planet in the present, but that did not have a civilization on it. That Defiant left crashed into the barrier, and went back 200 years. So I'm going to say that because we know that the... we, I think we can assume that the settlers that we see are not descended... Well, we know that they're not descended from the crew that we see because the crew that we see leaves. So who are they descended from? We don't mm, know. I don't agree mm. with most of this. I think because the crew or the because the... Descendants of the crew on the planet specifically say it was two days after. So unless they're just lying about that, no, it could, they would no, it know could what happened be, in those two days. No, yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm revising it. Okay, okay. Okay, so the Defiant flies into the planet. It splits in two. Okay? One of them goes to the planet as we see it at the start of the episode with no civilizations on it, no population. It gets stuck there for two days. O'Brien fixes the ship. They try to leave. They get bounced back 200 years. Start a civilization. 
The other defiant the, that split on the way in goes to the result of that universe with the with the civilizations, has two days of fun and adventure, leaves, and kills the inhabitants, or thinks they kills the inhabitants of the planet. But they've actually just re- re- gone to their own reality? They've just gone back to their own universe. That's possible. I feel like I, they would be able to like pick up the life signs on the planet from where they were, though, because they could find them on their way in. Well, no, did they? Because they were hailed. No, they only found them after they passed through the barrier. Well, yeah, and I think where where did Jadzia pick up the the no life signs on the way out? Were they already through the barrier? Yeah, they were already out of the barrier. Well, I think they... so because the barrier was what they had to get through to right yeah. to not mm. get crashed back on the planet, right? So, would it have just been, like, even worse? Like, not worse, but, like, just sort of even more, like, as the audience, uh, just sort of sadder if, um... If we never crew, knew? The crew didn't remember. Like, they were just like... Oh. they like, look, they're like, two days has passed? What the, Does anyone know what happened? And they're like, eh? And so, like... They have to dram- start looking for clues. Oh, oh, oh God, no. that's right, that was an episode. But, like... Oda will never express his boner. But, like, yeah, it's like, you know, dramatic irony. We as the audience know what happened, but... I feel like, don't they do that in certain episodes? Yeah, I mean, like, yesterday's Enterprise. Yeah, mm-hmm. or Clues, like you said. Which they, yeah, they but Clues was a specific thing. Voyager like, they had their does, memories wiped. Specifically. Voyager does something similar at one point. Yeah, Fun. that's true. Yeah, Year in Hell. Is like See, that. I think it also could be interesting if... Well, I wasn't even thinking of that. There's something else. If they made what Jake is saying more tangible and actually, mm. like, be like, they don't know if it worked or not. Yeah. Like, you know, if Jake is saying, like, we don't know if the fact that we're not picking up life signs is because we're too far away and the barrier is, in, in, is interacting in a certain way. Or if it's because they are actually not there. That's the thing. Like, even if the plan had been doable, like, if, if New Dax hadn't been lying, like, you don't know going into the barrier what your perception will be. Like, your perception's gonna split, I guess, but, like, as far, you know, there is a crew that, as far as they're concerned, does crash land, and then there's a crew that's, as far as they're concerned, doesn't. Ugh. Yeah, It's all very... Is the phenomenon on this planet the same thing as the phenomenon on the planet uh, where Tom Riker was was marooned? I made made that Riker joke. Like, this could be the two Rikers. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember what it was like with him it was a transporter malfunction having no to do it wasn't with... it was it was because of the storm there was a like a ion storm on the planet it wasn't a transporter malfunction it oh, was right, a, but I, the transporter like beam got universe. reflected back oh that's right that's right yeah i don't know maybe so it could be it could be a similar phenomenon wasn't it an ion storm though that sent them to the mirror universe the first time i do not remember but also, I mean, we don't know always if always an if, eye on something. We Yedrin may have just been making this up too, because Dak, because Jadzia eventually realizes Yedrin's plan won't work. Right. So it could also <laughs> just be bullshit because Yedrin yeah. wanted to live. Yeah. In fact, in the original script, it was him that did the sabotaging of the of the autopilot so that mm. they the defiant would get away. Hmm. But then they decided, no, let's make it Odo because we got to up these stakes. <laughs> let's make it Odo pilot. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, it took me a nice. second. I get it, and I hate you, and I love uh, you. Okay, <laughs> alternate alternate theory. Oh God, um, more theory! Jesus Christ! Alternate theory. This is too much. 
The whole I mean, story. This is an episode that begs for theories. So the I, whole I story it. is bullshit. Okay. Hundred percent. Yedrin is another alien like Jean Luc from Future Imperfect, and um. Oh, the little boy. The little boy, and he's just been stuck on this planet, but he has a lot of hollow emitters <laughs> to play with. So he's like, "Ooh, a ship." Cute. Very cute. That is the least likely, but I also enjoy it. The least likely, therefore, he just wants true. friends. I have yeah. literally, I have one more note I wanted to mention, and that's that Odo's stasis chamber, since Odo was just, you know, a pile of soap all episode long, was actually a bread maker that they redressed for the show. Nice. <laughs> was it I can still see able that. to make bread afterwards? I don't. I doubt it, because they like m- removed bits of it to make it, you know, oh, Odo that's, applicable. That's sad. I mean, there's not all that much to a bread maker, though. It's like. It's a hot pot. It's like it's a it's it's basically like a like a instant pot, but with a turny bit at the bottom to do stirring. Mm. It stirs. I didn't know it stirred. Yeah, it makes yep. the you just put That's the ingredients the in, and then, it's, and then it stirs it, it up, like makes makes the oven. dough. Ah, my stepdad used to make a lot of bread in his bread maker. It was <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I think Nate Nate had a bread maker that he got from somebody for free. He played with it for a bit. It made pretty decent bread. Nice. I think it's amazing that we've come this far in Deep Space Nine that now when Nog shows up, I cheer with delight. <laughs> We're moving on to Blaze of Glory. It's a good arc. Wait, was he not in this? No. No, oh, he's just Derp. in Blaze of oh, Glory. Okay, I had it back. Which, in Blaze of Glory. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's do the B plot first because it's short, like and Nog. Oh, so short. So Nog is working security. Also just like Nog games. Yeah. No, I think I, I like Nog. I love But Nog. we'll talk about this. Okay. Nog, as part of his internship, is working security, and he is annoyed that the Klingons don't show him respect. Picard. Picard. Jesus, <laughs> no. Picard. Cisco is all like, well, you know, just like challenge them because Klingons are into that shit. And Nog is like, okie dokie. And then Martok walks in and he's like, look here, you. And Cisco's like, too soon. Uh, and eventually, after falling off a chair, he Ugh. stands up to the Klingons, and Martok's like, you got balls, kid, and they're friends. B-plot done. A-plot. Martok walks in and is all like, hey, so we intercepted this communication. It's from the Maquis. And it's like, hi, Michael, we launched the missiles. And Martok's like, so we might not have mentioned that we were kind of working with the Maquis when we were at war with the Cardassians. Wow. And we- Kind of, sort of gave them a bunch of cloaking devices. Wow. And Cisco's all... And a lot of them. It was like yeah. 48 or something. And Cisco's it was like, like a huge amount of cloaking devices. And Cisco's like, so you're telling me they might have just launched a bunch of cloaked, cloaked doomsday weapons at Cardassia, which would totally piss off the Dominion, who will probably wipe out the Alpha Quadrant. And Martok's like, yeah, pretty much. And then he and did Cis- jazz hands and said, I call it the aristocrats. <laughs> And Cisco's like, motherfucker. And he's like, well, let's go look for him. And they go in the Defiant. But then it's like, oh, wait, um, MacGuffin time. The warp engines of the Defiant are too powerful. So it negates the usefulness of the cloak. And we have to run from Jem'Hadar and yada, yada. It's and like a certain kind of Mastodon. Yes, exactly. So Cisco's like, oh, God, are we doing this? Ugh. And he goes to see Eddington in prison. Yay! And he's all, you gotta help me find these weapons, because I think at the end of the day, you'd be really bummed if you caused a war that destroyed the Alpha Quadrant. And Eddington's like, I don't want 
I'm gonna stay here and get killed by the Dominion. You're a bitch. And then Cisco takes him anyway, and they go on an adventure through the Badlands to try to find the Maquis and their launch site so they can send the kill code to the missiles. They finally, you know, after some misadventure, they get there, and the planet's loaded down with some Jem Hadar and a bunch of dead Maquis. Whoops. And Eddington is sad. Like a lot. Yeah. A lot. And they Maquis. kill so many Jem Hadar, and then they find some surviving Maquis. And Cisco's like, where are the goddamn missiles, Michael? And Michael's all, you stupid bastard. I played you one last time. So good. That message just meant we were at the fallback point and we need rescue. I'm we so totally proud. knew you would pull this bullshit. So proud of Eddington. Oh, and Cisco's like, you. Ooh. And uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, they they take what Maki is still alive. Eddington dies Gloriously in battle, protecting in a blaze of glory. Yes, yeah. that's right. The title protecting, you know, his re few remaining friends and his including wife. his wife, his wife. Yes. Yeah, so he'd married apparently two weeks before he was arrested. And uh, yeah, that's that's basically it. One last big bamboozle from Eddington. Well, they were married Brilliant. two two weeks. He went to jail and then he died and she's stuck with the funeral arrangement costs. I, yeah. What a bunch of bullshit. I, I doubt a funeral costs much in the future. I, I'm angry funerals cost so I mean, much these days. She's also yeah, going, ridiculous. she's going to jail too, though, so. Are they, or are they letting them go? Like, at Why this point, what's go? the point? I mean, they're all, I'm, sh I don't know. I don't yeah. think the Federation is going to be like, yeah, bygones be bygones. It's, yeah, it's unclear what is becoming of the Maquis, because, you know, I guess um, Iris Stephen Bear and the writer said, we have way too many plots going on right now. We have to end one of them. How about the Maquis? We're just going to wrap it up and never talk about them ever again. Which, I mean, makes the most sense because, yeah, realistically, now that the Cardassians are working with the Dominion, the Maquis are not going to last. Mm. Yeah. They originally like, wanted to specifically kill off every single one of them, which I don't know how I feel about. That would have been bleak. Well, they, they killed off all except for this group of, you know, 20 of them or whatever. Yeah, and I mean, and they implied, I thought the implication was that they are now in jail in Federation mm. jail. Oh, I don't know. I mean, they definitely implied. Who knows? Maybe there's some cells out there still, but yeah, we're probably never going to see them again. Yeah, they specifically didn't do the let's kill off every single one of them and make it clear that that's what happened because they realized, well, just in case we need like some Maki stuff to happen for Voyager mm. in the future, we at least want to leave that open as a possibility. That makes sense. Wait, so is, Voy is Voyager contemporaneous with Deep Space Nine? They overlapped a little. Like, no, no, I know they were released at the same time, but I guess yeah, what in I World mean is, Two. Oh, that's yes, what yeah, I yeah, meant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it actually. I mean, but they're in what the Delta Quadrant? Yes, yeah. but the whole yeah. plot is actually technically spoiler alert for the first five minutes of the first episode. The plot is kicked off because Voyager is chasing after some Maquis. Oh, okay. Yeah, good times. Neat. But yeah, it's no, only supposed it was, to be a three-hour tour. Yep. <laughs> but it was, uh, you know, nice to see Eddington again. Oh, he did a great job this episode. I was so happy with like the various things that Ken Marshall did because he was. Oh yeah. He was Shakespearean like the whole episode long, but in a way that mm. wasn't like really distracting because he's just bitter about this whole thing. Yeah. He's Maquis through and through. I was so proud of like all the little little 
subterfuges and things and also his sass factor that you know i'm so yeah. oh yeah i stand by sass. my putting him on my ideal bridge crew in, in security oh yeah now. totally no he's so fucking punchable though my that's fucking fine god yeah no and that's part also of true. part of what makes him a fun enemy yeah mm. but i like uh and yeah, like the, he, the actor did a great job at making me hate him even that's yeah. perfect he's just really smarmy he's he just is. a smarmy yeah, little smug i mean the know? thing is with the exception of getting caught that last episode, he has won most of his encounters with Cisco. He's kind of earned mm. it. He yeah. won this time even, save yeah. getting killed. Yeah, and I feel like oftentimes he kind of has the right to be smug. Save getting killed. Just because of the relationship that the Federation and the Maquis have, where the Federation yeah. wants to kill everyone in the Maquis, even though they basically caused the Maquis. Oh, yeah. Like, it's a weird relationship. So the fact that they wanted to wrap it up by killing them all, like, would have been, like, wouldn't have sat with me, I don't think. Yeah, the, the Maquis is, like, the child that the Federation is embarrassed it has. You know, they're the one they don't invite to Thanksgiving. But then they show up anyway, and you're like, oh, God. <laughs> and they curse your child to prick their finger on a spinning wheel or something. Ooh. Yeah, one thing that Eddington does say is like, you know, as they're flying around, flying around, and he says, I I intend to kill you at the end of all of this, Cisco. And I thought mm. that was a little bit personal and that was a little bit out of character. I don't know that I necessarily believed it either. Okay. Especially because at that point they were he was still acting like there were missiles out there and shit. Mm. Like, so you really don't up until the reveal, like, how much of that is just for the sake of keeping Cisco angry and Focused on the fake mission and all this other stuff. Yeah. As I said, he's a great Iago. Yeah. And no, he's it. really just like, uh, I almost wish he hadn't died just so they could like bring him back in one of the new shows. Oh, yay. Also, like, this is kind of their first really ex and only extended interaction since the his like heel turn. Like, like we said, I said during the um, last one where they had the hollow communicator. Mm hmm. It was dumb, but it was also nice to actually have Kenneth Marshall on set because you feel like it helped their interactions. Yeah. But having them actually like just in a space together where they could both move around and be real actors and stuff like you can see just how well those two actors worked off each other. Oh, yeah. They had they had great chemistry and they made what was effectively like it was the two of them talking for most yeah. of the episode, which it didn't end up destroying the pace as much as I thought it destroyed the pace whenever we flipped to anything on the station. And I just was, I felt like I was whiplashed a little bit because we have a this little. story of how Morn went nuts and like ran into the Bajoran temple naked and screaming. Oh, yeah. But it's that. just them telling us a story for like 10 fucking minutes. And yeah. that was, so, it was just so snail pace and so uninteresting to me that I would rather watch Cisco and Eddington play checkers than this. <clears throat> Hmm. Well, I'm glad they I, I, I am glad they didn't do that because I one one trope I think should be outlawed by the Hague is enemies playing chess or checkers. We get it. It's symbolism. It's done. Okay, they can play what data and uh, and the the not strategy. Zachdorn. Yeah. And the Zachdorn guy played. No, no, they should play uh, Tiddlywinks. <sighs> Gross. It's fun to say. No, that's what Julian pays with his descendants. Oh, no. no. Yikes. 
Yeah. Overall, I thought the B plot didn't really hold up to the A plot though, because the A plot was very serious, had a lot of very dire consequences. Yeah. We watched Eddington die with a smile on his face because he knows he's like saved his friends and also got to have some great quips, which good for him. And then we flip right to, let's go to Nog having a great time with Klingons. And I was like, Jesus, what? Yeah, it's like, it's a B plot that I think was fun, but should have been in a more lighthearted episode Agreed. overall. Agreed. Especially because like, again, until the reveal, as far as we know, they're trying to avert Doomsday. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, like, I'll admit, it never even occurred to me to question, wait a minute, is this actually a blind? <laughs> even though it should have, because it's Eddington. It's Eddington, yeah. and everything he does is sabotage, and I love it. Well, also, like, you have to, like, the one thing that occurred to me early in the episode was that the message is specifically addressed to Eddington. To yeah. Michael. Yeah. 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 Which it could Jake, have been Jake Michael and I Burnham. have the... Tell, tell them our, our our reaction when that happened, Jay, because it was. I was amazing. gonna say, yeah. So they 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 the message came through, and it was actually intended for Michael Burnham, because as <laughs> everyone knows, Michael Burnham is the only person who can solve this problem. <laughs> yeah, which Jake and I said at the same time, almost verbatim, and it was hilarious. <laughs> See, um, I did think of Michael Burnham, but I think I was the one that was like, "Oh, is that Eddington?" Yeah, Kate, I wasn't sure. I was wasn't certain if that was his first name or not. Um, uh huh. Yeah, Caitlin went, was. is that is that Eddington? It was like, you know, I don't know his first name. And I looked him up and it's like, oh, probably yes. Because, yeah, he's Michael Eddington. That's who it turned out to be. So the, the Maquis either don't know that he's in jail or they... They must know. Well, of course they do. Like, well, that's the thing that didn't make sense to me. was like, well, why would they send this message when they know... It's not going to get to him. They could, like, the Federation could also assume it was a message that sent automatically at a certain time, maybe. And it was programmed months ago. No, no, I think it's because they knew full well what would happen. They knew that, like, the Federation would go, oh, oh shit, I missiles. I see, yeah. Well, we well, have to go to the one person who might be able to point us in the right direction. But it, was, it was the kind know. of thing I that... I feel like they, 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 they took a lot of chances there, right? Because, A, the message was encrypted. Mm-hmm. Doesn't sound like it was too hard to break the encryption. Nope. Also, it I wasn't mean, the even Klingons decrypted it. It, it was wasn't not hard. even <laughs> received by the Federation. It was received by the Klingons. Hmm. So right, but who they know have a presence on DS Nine now. Yeah, I don't know. So I they're gonna like... go straight to Cisco, who they know has a huge blind spot when it comes to Eddington. Yeah, I feel like they would have been just served just as well if they just made like a a, a direct broadcast somehow and just said we're launching know, in the thirteen missiles? days. Cardassia is going to be lit up by our missiles. Well, see, but then, then, then it's everywhere, and then you've potentially got like everyone and their mother in the Badlands, including the Dominion, who they were hoping to avoid having there, in force, and potentially the Cardassians find you first and blow up your planet. Yeah, well, they did find them first. Well, yes, but they did, and they blew up most of them. Yeah. Yes, and so that the was unfortunate. But the it, Maquis' you know. plans are a little bit like Cardassian plans, where you kind of need every single domino to fall in a very certain way for them to work. The yeah. Marquis' plans are Eddington's plans, which are a lot like Cardassian yeah. plans. Like, I love that, you know, Cisco asks Eddington, like, so all of this was a ruse. All of this was you just baiting me and, like, like pulling the puppet strings like you're, like you're wont to do. What would you have done if I hadn't taken you along? And he's like, I don't I'd know. have volunteered. Maybe volunteered. So also, what's the fucking deal? So so runabouts have Jeffrey's tubes? Yeah, we were talking about that. It's like, huh. 
That seems a bit much. Like, you think you would just have just stuff in panels. Panel. Yeah, like yeah. a panel you can open up. It's already so small. You don't need a Jeffrey's tube. And it wasn't like a yeah, short Jeffrey's tube. It was like a fairly long yeah, thing that he had to that, climb down. That was a little weird. Yeah, but it adds to like the tense. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. He had to like be in an uncomfortable place. Bash his when head the ship open. got rocked, he smashed his face. I was okay. uh, disappointed to not get a single Javert Jean reference. I don't know. When and he... I ask you, if we had, would Nog's B-plot have been more welcome? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, fair enough. Because a reference is fine. Like, the, the a reference doesn't destroy the tone of a show like the B-plot. Destroy the tone of a show. I don't know. That last w- episode where he said it like 43 times, it was like, okay, get it, stop. I, I was he... worried when he was talking about a song. I was oh, like, yeah, oh, God, yeah. they... They didn't license something from Les Mis, did they? They start singing the prostitute song, Lovely <laughs> Ladies. That's, wow, good choice. No, no, that's, isn't that from the uh, Jekyll and Hyde musical? No. Oh. Yeah. But there's right. a prostitute song in Jekyll and Hyde, right? Yeah, the main girl has a, yeah, well, she has several, but it's either Bring on the Men or uh, yes. or Good and Evil. There was oh, actually, you know, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking that terrible beach girls song from yeah. nope, Love Never lovely, Dies. Nope. Yep, that's no, Caitlin is right because I watched that fucking musical for, for the uniform for the cause. One of them. Lovely mm. ladies, me me me. But yes, I was vaguely afraid he was about to burst into one day more or something. Yeah, he didn't sing anything. So I expected him to at least sing something. And his dying word, Rebecca, was both sweet and corny. Yeah, but totally in character. Yeah, he, he had, had just death. enough. He had just enough wherewithal to die in character. Because Cisco let him die. Cisco, yeah. you son of a bitch. I I could have done without the button. Which but the button with Cisco talking with Dax about yeah, what they think like, of Eddington? Yeah, it's like we get it. We yes, thank you. Theme's clear. Fuck we off. get it. Morally gray. Things are more difficult than you think. Yeah, blah blah blah. Like we already got that. You don't need to tell us well, the lesson. Dax had a thing for us. Some people are <laughs> stupid and don't get things like that. Would you have ended it right at Eddington's death or because I certainly wouldn't have flipped back to Ferengi bullshit. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I think, you know, like even if they'd had a conversation, but one that was less on the nose and telling us the moral, maybe. (laughs) That's where you put the mourn story. Yeah. Or even just like, you know, he's there and he's like, you know, I'm writing my report. And, you know, it turns out maybe Eddington's parents or something are still alive. And it's like, what the hell do I tell them? Mm. And maybe, the, you know, she's like, I don't know. And it just ends with him looking at his pad. Like, what do I tell them? That could be interesting. Not bad. I had a, I had some interesting thoughts before I watched the episode when I was just, I just read a very quick synopsis that mentioned like, oh, yeah, we meet Eddington's wife. And for some reason, it didn't click in my head reading just the synopsis that he met his wife in the Maquis. I thought, yeah. oh, man. If Eddington, you know, had his wife years prior from, you know, just knowing her in the Federation somewhere, did he drag a woman into the Maquis? Mm. And then, of course, we learned that, no, no, he met her in the Maquis and she's for the cause and all this thing. Yeah. But that would have been a different relationship. Very. Very. And I think I'm glad it wasn't that way because, like, I know that would have, like, then you'd have to look at Eddington like, come on, dude, really? Mm. <laughs> like, I think it would have made him less likable. Yeah, already his likability is, is like it swings on a curve from episode to episode. Yeah, and it base, it's based on how much you enjoy him as a sort of a lovable antagonist. 
Yeah, I, I remember do when, love we to hate when, we, him. when we first meet him and he's just, oh, we're mad at Eddington because he's taking Odo's job and we like Odo better because we've known him longer as a character. He's come a very long way and I, I've enjoyed watching his, his journey. Yeah, like yeah. He, he, like Jake said at the time, he was basically a carbon copy at first of, um, what's his name there? Yeah. Primin, thank you. How do you remember that? I have no idea. I, I forget everything else that's important in my life, but Primin I remember. Chris says stuff like that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a really, especially because, like, this was, you know, one of the things from this show I didn't really remember super well. Like, I recalled vaguely that he ended up being a turncoat. But I forgot that there was like more to his arc after that, that there was the whole thing. And it's a he's a really interesting character. Yeah. And um, it makes you like see like the the morality. I said that weird because I didn't know what I forgot what the ending of moral was. Uh, the morality of Eddington is a very specific, specific type of morality. I think at one mm. point Cisco's like when they're flying around, he says, but you're still a Starfleet officer at heart, so you'll do the right thing. And I'm like, he's not. He's very not. I mean, I think as to what Cisco was specifically saying at the time, like, yeah, he's not really a Starfleet officer at heart at this point, but I think he's not, if what he thought was happening was actually happening and that the remaining Maquis had launched a doomsday weapons at Cardassia, like, I think Eddington would be actually reticent to be responsible for kicking off a war that could potentially wipe out the Alpha Quadrant. Like, I think that much is true. Yeah, but I feel Again, like those it just are, turns out that's not what was happening. Those are still Maquis morals that aren't necessarily the same as Starfleet. Starfleet no, that is that is true. I think Cisco's justification for it was incorrect, but <laughs> his reading of... I think his reasoning... Like, he got the right answer, just his course there wasn't necessarily right. Unlike Aldo, I want to call him Burnham again, God damn it, Eddington. <laughs> fuck my life. Eddington doesn't commit genocide. True. True. But yeah, you were talking about... Edding's morality. And what's fascinating with Eddington is like, like he has a moral code. And, but there's also this, again, like we said, been saying, like he does overlay this sort of um, theatrical quality. Like he definitely does, like they said in his last appearance, like think of himself in a very literary way. There's something kind of, very self-consciously artificial about who he is. He is trying he... to be Valjean instead of right. just living his life. Yeah, he's a romantic hero. Mm -hmm. um, and it's interesting to wonder sort of what compels him to add this to himself. You know, it's not just enough to be... Because I think, you know, we've said it before, like, the Maquis have a lot of good points, and you can totally see wanting to kind of be on their side. Is it because he's found himself in the position of leader that he feels he needs to add on this unnatural element? I mean, he's also in the position of someone who left Starfleet for this cause. So I think he yeah. also thinks of himself as that as that kind of like that grandiose, very public facing morality of I made this choice. Yeah. Although, as we know, that's not super uncommon in the Maquis. They mm -hmm. even mentioned Cal, who we haven't heard from since oh, yeah. he left. Oh, Turns yeah. out he's dead. Yep. We fridged um, Cal. Yep. Like, we know that, not loads, but at the very, we know of at least three. Him, Ro, Cal. There's definitely others in the episode Riker. where Ro left. Oh, right. Ooh, yeah, Double Tom Riker. Riker, too. And then uh, didn't uh, Disco had a friend as well? Yeah, Cal. Oh, that's Cal. Yep. Sorry. 
and you know, in the episode where Roe left, they mentioned a handful of others. So I like leaving Starfleet for the Maquis isn't necessarily super uncommon. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of wonder if that's sort of like could could he have lived if he wasn't so in love with the idea of himself as a as a romantic hero? You know, would he have found a way out of that shitty situation at the end? Maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, he specifically says, you know, no, uh, what's her name? Rebecca, go on without me. Cisco, go on without me. Only one of us will return alive yeah. instead of just fleeing with them, which he just could have done. Yeah, yeah. But they could have just shut the door and been like, all right, stay here, Jem'Hadar. We're heading out. Bye. Overload a phaser, drop it, shut the door and run. We've yeah. done this before. The interesting is sort of the... His Achilles heel was his theatricality. Hmm. Yeah, I did I like love the scene where Cisco and uh, Eddington are hiding behind some barrels as the Jem'Hadar are wandering through the fog. And Cisco says, I'll be the one holding the pipe. And Eddington gives some kind of sass to that, which I was I was happy with. And then he hmm. shot the one who was still standing up, saying like, oh, yeah, obviously the oh, one yeah. who's still standing up would be the Jem'Hadar, which was exactly Spock's plan in Whom Gods Destroy when there were two Kirks running around. Oh, yeah. Is, yeah, you phase are the one that's still standing up. Yeah. Gee, yeah. thanks, Bach. I also did like uh, when Cisco just kind of shot into thin air and got a couple of Jem'Hadar. Ooh, that was yeah, good. They yeah, were it was invisible. like a freaking Rambo, Rambo yeah, those guys. Yeah, but Eddington goes, I'm glad one of us remembered they could do that, because I had forgotten, too. I yeah. had, too, I and I actually like, said right before. I totally forgot they do that. Yeah, I think that was a little wink to the audience, in a way. Yeah. He said, like, oh, yeah, we keep forgetting to show you guys that they do this. Yep. So that was a that was a nice little thing. Oh, yeah, because yeah, that I was a very that. meta moment. Like, because, yeah, again, with, he went, the, he said that and I went, yeah, so did I. Jesus. Because it's kind of been a while since they were in a situation where they needed to show that. Like, you know, there was no need, say, for any of the Hadar at the prison to ever be cloaked. But really, things may have gone better for them if they'd had a cloaked Jim Hadar just chilling out in people's cells. Oh, that's a good point. Been able to see that Garrick's been entering the wall. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, but the Jim Hadar also like their cloak. I don't think is is perfect. Like I think no, if, true. It's like the it's like the the predator kind of. Yeah, if they move around too much, you start to see it. Yeah. Do you think also, you can probably hear it. them farting and shit? <laughs> and their little uh, Ketracel white thing going off. Well, mm. they don't fart, right? Probably because they don't eat. That's true. Good point. Sorry, you were going to say something, though. And then probably don't poop. Uh, I was going to ask if you guys thought that there was a Jem'Hadar hanging out cloaked in Quark's closet back home. Ah, yes. Yeah, probably. They could be everywhere. <laughs> so here's here's the things we have everywhere right now. We have folk from the Mirror Universe who could just be whoever. Yep. Changelings just could be whoever. Oh, and yeah. uh, cloaked Jem'Hadar could be wherever mm-hmm. the hell they want. Yep. He walks in and it's all brunt, FCI. Uh, phased Jordy and Roe could be someplace. <laughs> yep. Watching you masturbate. And of course, everybody on the planet from Children of Time or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also just Vorta everywhere. And Alexander Siddig's, or, well, no, sorry, Julian's sperm everywhere. Oh, God. Because I mean, just... that's just everywhere on the station. Well, and, never, and all over the planet and near his entire family, probably. Never, never turn on a black light on DS9. Good God. But yeah, no, Vorta everywhere. Why are there Vorta uh, everywhere? Because, no, not Vorta, shit. Um, Horta? Horta, yes. They Wait, do sound a lot alike. I don't. I still don't understand why, they're, why you wouldn't because, notice Vorta everywhere. Uh, no, no, I, I didn't mean Vorta, I meant Horta. Well, no, I mean the same, same question. 
uh, basically, I, I imagine like when that mass group hatched, Starfleet immediately sent a bunch of like people to recruit them to help them mine everywhere. Yeah, but you'd know they were there is what I'm saying. Oh, that's a good point. Oh, and tardigrades, they're everywhere. Too, <laughs> that's probably. true. They're, yes, they're microscopic though, so. They're cute as fuck. Yeah. Yay. Microsoft, microscopic is basically the same as uh, invisible if you don't have a, a microscope. True. true. Saying. I could, I almost be, said if you don't have a telescope, which is not right. There, I mean, there, there could be one just kind of doodling across your nose right now. You'd have no idea. Aww, oh, cute. I wish I would know. I think that would be delightful. So do we have, uh, do we have anything else on this? Uh, well, I, the, we do have the one connecting thread of these two episodes, which apparently is farming, because we learn that Eddington has, mm. I don't know how long he's been with the McKee, but he's been with the McKee long enough to grow a tomato plant. Yeah. Do you think he's made his own pizza yet? Yes. That's true. That's oh what my you god, do. Thomas Riker probably taught him. Yeah. <laughs> brilliant. That's brilliant. Perfect. Never see Thomas Riker again. Yeah, well, no, I imagine now that the Dominion. Jail, right? What? Isn't Tom Riker? He's in jail, right? Well, he was in jail with the Cardies, so they probably just killed him now. Oh, yeah, almost certainly. Now that the Dominion's there, oh, they probably just yeah. fucking. He's, he's a pile of goo in a cell. Yuck. Sorry, Kira. Oh, that would have been a great thing to have in. Uh in the prison episode where it's like, okay, well now that we're allied with the, <laughs> with the Cardassians, we're going to, all the Cardassian prisoners can leave and we're going to bring in some new prisoners and Tom Riker shows That's up. That's funny. That would have been fun. That would have been awesome. He's so handsome. I, I have bad priorities. <laughs> I remember at the very beginning of, of, I don't know if we were still watching TOS or it had started TNG and you were like, no, Riker's not for me. That's because he fucking didn't have the beard yet. As soon as he got the beard, I was... Well, no, actually, it took me a couple more years to, to get on board, but, yeah. He, he had to get the, the beard. beard was definitely necessary. Well, I think he had to get the better uniform, because no one looked good in that uniform. Theta looks true. great all the time. That's true. Fair enough. She's correct. You think they ever told William about Thomas? Yes. Like, hey... And he's in jail? Yeah, just so you know, your doppelganger joined the Maquis, and now the Cardis have him. Oh, yeah, he knows. He's happy about it. True. <laughs> now he gets Deanna all to himself. Plus, like, Thomas might send him, like, letters. Christmas cards. Die, Bart, <sighs> die. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you call it? License plates that he's made. It means plank. the Riker. The. The. <laughs> <laughs> well, no one who speaks German could be an evil man. <laughs> no. uh, that's one of my favorite <laughs> Simpsons jokes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah, anything else on this show? It was a good week. Yeah, yeah very good week. Yeah, I thought both of these were good. Like, very different episodes, but good in their own specific ways. Yeah, and we have yeah. very little left of this season. Yeah. Mm, I know, I noticed that left. when we were watching it. I was like, oh my god, it's almost done with season five. Speaking of, what's coming up next? Well, next week, uh, we'll be be doing what we what we usually do. We talk about two more episodes of Deep Space Nine. They are Empok Nor and In the Cards. Uh, so if you liked what you heard today and you want to hear more, definitely subscribe so make sure you won't miss any future episodes. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Unlike the President. Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. If you want to check us out in other media, mediums, media, whatever. Social media, Facebook. Look for a star to steer her by. It's not hard. You'll find us. Or you can find us at SSHB Podcast on Twitter and Tumblr or SSHBpodcast.com. 
where you can check out interesting articles. You can see our season wrap-ups, fan fiction, all kinds of good shit. Ideal Bridge um, Cruise, of which Eddington is on there. True. Yeah, some whack job wrote him down. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Ames. And, uh, yeah. Can I Hopefully do a couple you'll... plugs? Can I do a couple, couple plugs real quick? Plug yeah. it. Because I've been busy. I've been busy this past week. Um, I just guested on my very good friend Simon's animal-themed podcast, The Pod Pod. That's P-A-W-D space P-O-D. Well, that's uh, delightful. Where that's we cute. where we talked about jellyfish for this week. Uh, oh, this nice. Probably aired a little while ago because he didn't have as many episodes in the can as we have. Uh, but we talked ah, about jellyfish, that, buddy. and I oh, definitely kidding. definitely mentioned the jellyfish from um, Encounter at Farpoint. Perfect. Nice. Um, but also, also, I know like last fucking summer, I was doing some plugging of uh, my radio play Fine-Tuned Universe, mm-hmm. a yes. sci-fi show that takes place on the far side of the moon. And that is now up on probably all your favorite podcasting sites at this point. It's called nice. Fine-Tuned well, Universe. Great. You should check it out. I'm in it. Chris is in it. Jake directed it. Yeah, Caitlin listened to I, it. They didn't even ask me to be involved. <laughs> We knew oh, better. I did a ta- I was part of the table read. That's true. Yeah, you that's gave true. some great feedback. Yeah, yeah, you were. That's right. So that's all right. I'm just kidding, by the way. I don't care. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't want you to think I was actually like you, fucking bitch. Oh, I was. <laughs> I was Reese, right? No. No. Who was I? You were. I don't remember his name. I was the engineer, but I can't Pfeiffer. remember his name. You now. were Pfeiffer. Oh yeah, Pfeiffer. Oh, that's right. That's right. Michelle Pfeiffer. Gordon. That's right. I named him after Jordy. <laughs> that's right. See Chris with a bag on his head. Oh no, wait, it's not. That's, that not, was not the video version only. JK. Well, have uh, have you guys been following this uh, this Memory Alpha drama? No, wait, what I, I heard they've already fixed it. Well, what well, happened? I don't I think this. they fixed it so much as they avoided it. So Adira, the character from Discovery, Discovery. Discovery. is non-binary, right? Yes, and and the actor is too, right? Yes, I believe so. Uh, so, but on the page for the character on memory alpha the they put they set the they put there's a gender like field in the side in the like the info box uh-huh. so that the that said female and then in parentheses physiologically and then oh. and then and then it said non-binary like self-identified and of course that's fucked up so a lot so you know, a lot of people were like, uh, okay, let's change that. But the admins kept changing well, do it they back. Mean, do well, they yeah, mean I, assigned female at birth? No. They, and then... You no, know, they, they would be just being like... They were being turfish. Well, that's about gross. It. I was Jesus trying to give them the benefit of the yeah, doubt. No, no, no. But no, because there was like a huge... Memory alpha. Yeah, yeah so no, there was it, a huge that. fight in the thing. Of, like, Anthony Rapp got involved and like messaged <gasps> them. Yay! And uh, so that so their their solution now, as of today, when we're recording this, uh, their solution is to just take the gender field off of all character pages. See, I thought I'd heard they'd restored it and stopped fucking around, but I don't know. No, Again, no. if things are changing that much in one day, it's the possible. La- the latest as of right now is like they're just they're like, all right, fine, we're just not going to list gender then. Oh, you'll which show like, us, assholes. Yeah, which is like. So rather than just acknowledging this person's identity, you're just going to be like, take your ball and go home. Yeah, fuck it. That's fine. Well, whoever's in charge is going to probably get ousted within the next couple months and then someone else will come along and fix it. That'd be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, 
you know, I, I know there's there's a lot of of legitimate criticism you could have of Discovery. But the one thing you gotta give it, it's like, man, we are gonna make this the queerest Star Trek we can this season. <laughs> we are gonna try to make up for years of Rick Berman in one season. And I appreciate that, just just so we're clear. And it's really sad to see uh Memory Alpha not not uh, get on board. On the other hand, though, not a huge surprise. Yeah, I was going to say, not surprising Not to be an asshole, but I don't have the biggest amount of faith in my fellow nerds. I don't get, like, how so many nerds grew up to be bullies. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. Because the internet. The internet aided it. No, I know. Exactly. It's terrible. I, you know, I just, thank God. I've always said this. Thank God I always got on better with women than men. Hmm. Uh, I think just knowing and growing up with women as friends more often than guys is part of the reason I'm, I didn't go that route. Become a horrible little, like, sad internet. That's what I know. I don't think you would have, though, because not only that, you're like one of the most feminist men I know. Well, right, but I, I, I attribute that to the fact that I just, I know women and am friends with them and can be friends with a woman without, like, I can be friends with women, you know? Some men don't know how to do that. How can you be friends with a woman without having sex with her? Exactly. Any woman that speaks to you obviously wants to have sex with you. And if she doesn't, fuck that bitch. Yeah. Anyway, okay. sorry, that was a Well, now I know tangent. how Jake feels about me, <laughs> I guess. We were trying to wrap up, and then I think we went to, went to some other direction. A little bit. It was yeah. a good direction, though. That, um, was a, that was a parody of incels, by the way. I'm, I'm not... I'm not actually an incel. No, that's true. Thank you for joining us. I have been Caitlin. I have been Jake. This has been Chris. And this is always Ames. Rule of acquisition number 94. Females and finances don't mix. That's very appropriate. <laughs> yeah, wow. Now I feel like I have to keep dink. that tangent in. <laughs> what a oh, well, you should anyway. Females and finances shouldn't be fields. On Memory uh, Alpha, evidently. <laughs> oh, God. Yes, every Get character it, says what their finance status is. <laughs> Broke. Well, I'm glad Anthony <laughs> Rapp got involved. and uh, Anthony Rapp is awesome. Took care of He business. is.